0: What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Showtime Forum podcast talking all things purple and gold. I'm your host, Chris Camello, joined as always by my esteemed co-host and Showtime Forum contributor, Mr. Chaz Pearson. What's up, Chaz?
1: What up, what up, Laker Nation? What up, Chris? What's popping, man?
0: Got another good one for all you fans of the now 17-time NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. Are the Lakers coasting? Is there a problem with Frankie V's rotations? What are some improvements to be made? And what can we expect on this upcoming road trip? We're breaking that all down and more on this edition of the Showtime Forum podcast. But before we do, be sure to follow us on all social media and streaming platforms at Showtime Forum. That's at Showtime Forum. You could also follow us on our website, theshowtimeform.com. That's the, T-H-E, Showtime Forum Com. well i hope everyone had a great christmas um christmas is coming gone as is the the year of 2020 this will be our final podcast for this year and really not a moment too soon this was a forgettable year on many levels except of course with the lakers and the dodgers bringing home uh their respective championships that was pretty awesome uh, a ray of sunshine in a year that was mostly dark And uh, the Lakers, you know, not – we've seen some great moments so far through these first four games. Some others not so much, as Borat would say. Um, But, yeah, obviously a tough loss, (laughs) a tough loss to the Portland Trail Blazers on Monday night, the Blazers came out blazing. And, you know, after kind of a slow start, they recovered. They had a couple of big quarters. Their bench played really well. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. had uh, uh, definitely a performance to remember, 28 points. Dame Dalla took care of business in the second half. The Lakers just never really seemed to consistently get going. Every time it looked like they were gonna impose their will on that game. It just, it just didn't last very long. And Portland had an answer for them all night long. So they now fall back to 500 at two and two after two impressive wins over the Dallas Mavericks on Christmas Day and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves last Sunday to make up for that uh, opening night loss to the Clippers. So here we are, Chaz, two and two. Is this what you kind of expected so far?
1: Uh, I said over the first five games, we would be either four and one or three and two. So we have to win this first game against San Antonio uh, tomorrow evening or tonight, if you're listening uh, against San Antonio. And I really think that we can do it. So uh, especially with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both going to be expected to play and coming off of a loss. uh, The Lakers motto all year last year was don't lose two in a row. I believe we only lost. Uh, three in a row, one time, and then two in a row, one other time, but just something that we just, uh, just were trying not, and yeah, those seeding games and things of that nature, but just wasn't trying to do that. And uh, ultimately being 59 and O and having that streak snapped in which 59 straight games, 57 last year and two games this year, when the Lakers have a lead entering the fourth quarter, uh, they usually close it out. And this was the first one uh, of the last two years, essentially, that the Lakers have not uh, been able to hold on to that lead. So uh, there are a bunch of glaring aspects of this game that uh, jumped out to me, but the one more than anything that, that seemed to jump out at me the most was just the lack of familiarity and continuity on the defensive end, because right. the game was tied. Um, the and game the was Lakers close. Actually, yeah. Yeah. The game and the Lakers actually took their first lead 99, uh, 98 with about six minutes left in the game. And, the Portland trailblazers ended the game on a 13 to five run. And they seemed to just pick on Montrez Harrell in the pick and roll switch uh, that they had with Dame and CJ. And that just ate us up. And Trez was tired. I, I, I also contribute and blame this on Frank Vogel. He just, he actually went to Montrez Harrell for 15 straight minutes, uh, three in the third quarter. And then I believe 12 in the fourth quarter, uh, well, actually, he didn't stub out Trez until 83 seconds left in the game. And I tweeted this out in real time. Why he waited until that moment to bring Kuz in um, was just just didn't make sense to me because Trez was obviously tired and he was getting ate up on that pick and roll switch.
0: And uh, I, hold on, though. Six I, minutes. I'm just going to say one thing about that. Yeah, he was getting hit. Uh, he was getting hit hard on the pick and roll. However, he was also helping the guards get out to dame and cj and those other guards who were having great nights for the portland trailblazers gary trent jr there's such a thing Chaz is called helping the helper and we did not see that enough it felt like the help was coming uh, very very late last night whether it was lebron james or ad this is what we're talking about where those extra efforts yeah exactly those extra efforts that the lakers were known for last year especially in the postseason Was not there. So as much as people want to blame Trez, yeah, Nurkic and Cancer, they're very skilled offensive big men. They could give a lot of opposing big men the business. And Trez at six seven six eight, and those guys pushing seven feet tall, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup, no question about it. But I thought most of the night on that screen and roll, he was trying to help out the Laker guards get out to their man, so that way he can close out on them if they if they were going to be taking shots. So. If, so, if his man is rolling to the hoop or rolling out to the to the perimeter to take shots, somebody has got to get out there to help the helper. And we just did not see that. And that just goes to show you the Lakers are not dialed in right now with this group where everybody is buying in as well as accepting their roles or even familiar with their roles because they just haven't had the practice time, the preseason, the reps. They just haven't had that yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I pulled up a, a couple plays, three in particular that happened last night, one of which, uh, included Montrez's uh, foul on Damian Lillard, that and one that Lillard had uh, in the lane on Schroeder. Um that, that one was definitely on Trez, but by just being slow to react and the three that McCollum had uh, midway through the fourth quarter as well. But there is one play, one of the plays that I picked out. You're absolutely right. Uh, that wasn't all on uh, Trez. It was actually on LeBron. He didn't rotate uh, on the weak side for him. And that actually leads me into my my second most glaring thing that happened last night, and that's just LeBron is coasting at an all time level right now. We haven't, I mean, and rightfully so, right? With his with his the minutes that he has in his body, his current age, uh, the the shortest layoff ever, um, the longest seat coming off the longest season ever. Rightfully so, I don't I don't blame him one bit, but it's just very glaring to me seeing the type of. Level of play that we saw from LeBron James just 75, 78 days ago, or however many days it was since the last game, um, or since the Lakers won the championship, to see him play at that level and then to see him play now. Yes, he's getting his numbers and yes, he's, you know, Man. filling the stat sheet and doing um, what he always does, but it's just a, a level of fervor and energy that he has to play with in order to uh, really take us over the top. And, you know, I don't blame him. I'm four games into the season for, for not doing that right away like you you definitely want to put more of the onus on the new guys and the rest of the team so that way everybody gets some continuity together but um i just i couldn't help but just notice that because between that and anthony davis playing like roy Hibbert in stretches last night hmm. i i mean it just it, it was just glaring to me and i and i don't mean to put anthony davis down it just it's just all about being aggressive
0: no doubt. No doubt. And we're going to and we're going to break that all down and to help us uh, break everything down. And we're still we're still trying to get him uh, dialed in right now. He's going to be on very soon. A very special guest. You know how we're starting to do it now in showtime form. It may not be 2020, uh, 21 yet. Uh, that's that's going to be interesting to say coming up next year. It may not be twenty twenty one yet. But we are starting to get ourse- our- ourselves some really good guests over here. We got Ryan Ward coming on uh, in the next couple of minutes from Now Lakers Daily to help us break that all down. So I wanted to admit him at least into our onto uh, our Zoom call a little bit. So he's going to be joining us. But Chaz, I-, I agree with you. I think the and I think you and Devon pointed this out on Monday night's uh, Showtime Forum postgame show was the fact that Anthony Davis just plays another four or five really good minutes, right? And you're good. You're good. You probably end up winning that game because you only ended up losing by what? Six, seven points. So yeah, yeah. So 113, 107, I believe was the final score. So yeah, Anthony Davis did not play well for somebody that was coming up off of a calf injury. You thought he was going to be coming out, roaring out of the gates. You did not see that. Uh, you saw him trying to post up a lot more uh, rather than go, go on the perimeter. I kind of felt he wasn't comfortable really doing that, that he was forcing that action a little bit. He started to get things going a little bit in the second half, but the fourth quarter, he was non existent. And another glaring aspect that I don't think another, uh, enough people were talking about last night, and I talked to you about this offline. Dennis Schroeder, numbers-wise, played a great game. Love the penetration he got. He was getting, you know, he was getting hacked. Wasn't getting the calls, whatever. I thought he played solid defense on Dame and CJ McCollum. I mean, those guys are just gonna, that's what they do. They score. You could have Michael Cooper and Scottie Pippen and Bruce Bowen all guarding them. Those guys are going to find ways to score. However, I thought the issue wasn't his defense or even his scoring. He did not do a good job getting the Lakers in their offensive sets last night. So I'm going to put some of the loss on him. And and, and people are going to say, well, Chris, he had 24 points and four assists. Right. But part of being a point guard isn't just going out there looking for your own shot. And this is why I told you, Dennis Schroeder, and I think you told me this too, Dennis Schroeder should not be starting. I understand why he's starting. I understand why the Lakers want him to start. He should not start because he should be running that second unit why? So you can look for your own shot when LeBron's not in the game. So you can be more aggressive offensively with playmaking on the side. And then, of course, really get into that two-man game with Montrez Harrell, a la Lewintrez, uh the last few years with the Clippers. This is why I've been saying that. Because there were too many times where nobody else touched the ball on offense except him. Yeah, he was making buckets, but one of the things that makes this Laker team good, uh, in addition to their defense is, is their ball movement? And we just did not see that enough last night. So I'm going to put that onus on Dennis Schroeder.
1: You know what? I agree with the point that you made about him not getting us into our offensive sets. I can take that with a grain of salt because he's just, you know, it's only his fourth game with us. So I don't really expect him to have the command of the offense. Like we saw LeBron James or even Rondo have Uh, But yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, if you're a starting point guard, it's your job not only to score and not only to distribute, but to get the offense started and not stagnate and not be a one man fast break a lot of times. And we talked offline about it. There were a lot of times where he was drawing fouls and, you know, getting bumped. And instead of, you know, really looking for a good shot, he's kind of flinging it at the basket in hopes of getting a call in which two or three times he didn't get that call and they just turned in a turnover. So um, yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, I want to put the blame on, you know, shorter as well as, you know, even Vogel for that matter, but now having yourself and Ryan come on now uh, we might want to maybe get in a few questions uh, with Ryan and see kind of what his perspective was. Uh, Ryan, are you with us?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Can you guys oh, hear? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we could hear you now, Ryan. Yeah, sorry. I was waiting for you to unmute the mic, but I think I did it on my end. So, can you hear us now? We can hear you. Yeah, good to go, man. Right on, man. So, without further ado, the great Ryan Ward, Lakers beat writer for uh, Lakers Daily. Thank you for joining us this evening, formally, by the way, of Clutch Points and where I met Ryan was about going on eight years ago uh, at when he was back at Lakers Nation, and he helped along with Serena Winters and uh, Trevor Lane and many others. I can't name them all, but I'm sure you can, Ryan. You guys helped build that company into something very credible, and I just want to say congrats on doing that because I remember you were in on that ground floor, and I was just an intern for a short time during that time. Do you remember that?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are some <laughs> – some grinding days some long days
0: <laughs> oh man i <laughs> really I, long days for sure man for sure so thank you uh very much for joining us this evening and uh re- really glad you're on here and congrats to all your success man i'm glad to see that you're still covering the lakers full-time you you've been putting in a lot of work and every time i've seen you at a practice or something you've always been ver- very nice to me and and i just want want to thank you for that
2: thanks man yeah it's been a it's been a hell of a ride hell of a ride for the last decade i guess decade plus now yeah um and now absolutely. it's
0: just starting to get interested again <laughs> exactly yeah,
1: absolutely and, it, and it's, it's good to still be on this ride and um i thank you for for coming on and first question i just want i wanted i'll jump right into it what what are your main takeaways ryan from the first uh loss uh against portland this season
2: uh well i i mean i didn't expect it to be honest i thought when ad came back that they would just be uh full strength and they were going to, you know, kind of do what they did against Minnesota, maybe not to that extent, but, you know, 10-point um, win or, you know, just a convincing victory. I just I just thought AD kind of just brings that that element to the table. But uh, it's just – it's – what I've noticed from game to game is it's just such a feeling out process, you know. Like, uh, I mean, before that breakout game for Marc Gasol, everybody's like, this guy's terrible. Like, this guy's a bad fit. And now it's like, oh, he's perfect. You know what I mean? He's, he's exactly what they need. So I think it's just, there's so many different pieces. I think people, you see how good this team is and how deep they are, but they haven't played together. You know, the guy, they lost what, six players and got six new guys. So it's like, it's, that's going to take some time no matter how talented you are. I mean, it it was a freak occurrence even last year with, with AD and LeBron just being able to click right away. I mean, nobody thought that was going to happen. I mean, even, yeah, as good as they are you're still like okay that's going to take some time it's going to take you know a month here or there. and it's it didn't at all but this time i think it's going to take some time and i think vogel and the coaching staff and probably every team in the nba is still trying to figure out how to play their guys and and and, and especially guys that are on the older side like lebron um do we throw do we thrust them out there do we give them a ton of minutes do, do we give them cut back I mean it's considerably it's just there's so many questions and so many things going on and now they're mm. just just going on their first trip and it's just it's tough it's yeah. tough i mean mean you you look at the who who has the best record now? was it the orlando magic right right, <laughs> right exactly 4-0 Come. so if that tells you anything it's just it's just it's just a total mess it's like mm. it's, it's, a, it's 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 going to be crazy for a while i think i don't think we're going to see what we will really see for at least another month, if not a month and a half, you know
1: that that that's consistent with what I've said all, all along i've I've said by January 21st that game uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, I, at least for the Lakers' sake, I think we'll be uh, clicking on all cylinders by that point, but yeah, I, I'd say a month to a month and a half until yeah. we see really everybody really all the settlings uh, the standing settle down and everything like that.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and Ryan, one of the things we talked about right before we we brought you on was maybe a change in the starting lineup. As much as Dennis Schroeder looks good so far, I mean, he had a pretty good game last night. I also thought he was responsible for some of the loss, uh, 24 points, four assists, but he didn't do a great job in in certain aspects of the game, moving the ball and getting the Lakers set up in the offense. So right now, would you consider, or should Frank Vogel consider, bringing Dennis Schroeder off the bench, maybe plugging in Wesley Matthews, and you kind of kill two birds with one stone. Schroeder now gets to run that second unit, be more of a shot taker, and now Matthews gets into the starting lineup to maybe get himself going. What are your thoughts on on a move like that? Could we see it down the road?
2: I would say why not? You know, like, um, why, why not just 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 mess around with it for a few weeks, you know, and see see what you're going to get out of these guys. There's just so many different combinations with all these new guys that could do so much. I mean, it's, it's kind of a trip when you look at it and you see how much better and how much more talented this team is than last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. When you look at it, you're like, wow, I cannot believe they've gotten better than the championship team. Um, so I think why not, you know, just test everything. I think the more I watch Schroeder, the more I just see a kind of a, a two guard that scores. You know, I don't think of him kind of like as a traditional point guard. He doesn't give me that feel. He, yeah, he can handle the ball, but he's not—he's not a pass-first kind of guy. I think he's just—he's—he's he's kind of just a scorer. I think that's—you know—Montrez Harold too. I think he's just a scorer. I think he's—he's he's not great defensively. He's a big drop off from from Dwight and Jabail, in, in that sense, and, well, at least protecting the rim. But uh, yes, it, um, I agree with you on that. But those guys, I just think, are kind of 20 points. You know what I mean? 15, 20-point guys. Right. And maybe they are better off just coming off the bench and leading the bench, you know? Um, but that's – I guarantee that's what we're going to see. We're just going to see a lot of uh, uh, in and outs with different guys and, and Vogel just testing certain things and seeing what works, seeing what doesn't um, while either sitting AD and LeBron, you know, every once in a while i i, I would if i would have bet on yesterday's game i would have said that lebron sat like I, I didn't think there was any chance he was going to play me too and then and then he you know he gets the nod and i'm like are you are you serious like why mm-hmm. Like you just just sit him i mean that two ankle to uh, tweaks like that you know back to back that's
1: same ankle too
0: yeah yeah and it just it, goes it to show you
2: to... as shit
0: Yeah, Ryan, sorry to interrupt. I was just want to say it just goes to show you this team might be hurting just to get reps in. They don't have the benefit of a full training camp. They don't have a benefit Mm -hmm. of a lot of practice time. And as uh, my co-host pointed out last night on another on on a uh, another show um they don't have the the benefit of the mini camp in vegas that they had last year where they all got got to get together not only get to play with one another but get to know one uh uh uh, get to know one one another a lot better on a personal level so you know they're everyone's trying to like you said kind of picking things up on the fly and i think that's why you're also not seeing this team maybe 100 percent bought in yet because they just don't have the reps. And so Frank Vogel figures on a back-to-back, I should play these guys. So that way we we can really get that mix together.
2: Yeah. I think that, I think that's why you see, uh, you see flashes, right? You see these spurts of, wow, they look really good. And then you see these other spurts where it's really sloppy and there's a bunch of turnovers and it just, just doesn't seem to gel well. Um, It's just a matter of time and reps. Yeah. I think that you hit the, the nail on the head with that. Like, no training camp. I mean, that training camp. I don't even know how you can call it a training camp, right? <laughs> it wasn't a
1: training camp at all. No, it yeah, yeah it was summer camp. <laughs> there, was,
2: there was. I mean, even when uh, Dennis Schroeder um, had his intro introductory presser, he was on the basketball floor. <laughs> I've never seen that before. He was in warm up, sweating. Theory. Yeah, where you could hear balls in the background doing his intro presser, and I'm like, this is so weird already. You know, usually you're used to, like, you know, a podium. He's in a nice suit or whatever. Plank is sitting right next to him.
1: A jersey. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, where they lift up the jersey and show his number and all that stuff. It's just everything's so ass-backwards. And so, it's not normal at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to take a while, man. It's going to take a while.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Great point. Well, going from starting lineups to, maybe finishing lineups. Um, Another thing that stood out to me was the lineup that Vogel decided to finish the game with, with being uh, LeBron, AD, Montrez, Dennis Schroeder, um, and KCP out there finishing Mm -hmm. the lineup. Uh, What did you think about who could have been possibly interchanged in there? I thought that Vogel waited a little bit too late until 83 seconds, a minute and 23 seconds left to go in the game to put in coups uh, when Montrez had, you know, been getting eaten up on that pick and roll with Damon CJ late in the fourth quarter. What did you think about the finishing lineup last night and what tweaks would you make to maybe that?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it that's kind of goes to what we were saying. You know, it's just so much of uh trying to figure out what he's got. And Montrez did get eaten alive. I think if one thing has been exposed over just a short amount of time in four games, even the preseason, he's not a great defender. and 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 teams are going to pick up on that if they didn't already in the bubble when he was with the Clippers, you know. Um, so that could be a problem that he's got to address. You know, maybe Marcus Gasol gets in there more. You know, maybe – yeah, like you said, Kuzma. Maybe Kuzma gets in there more for his – I mean, Kuzma's only getting better defensively, I think. I mean, He's not great, so. but he's but I don't think he's terrible either. Um, but Montrezl Harrell kind of looks like a cone out there sometimes. You know, it's like, I, I just don't, he, he doesn't have a feel for, for defense. Um, and that's not great when you have a great defender, like, you know, AD or when, you know, LeBron's locked in, um, you got a guy that's just totally exposed. Wait till he, you know, he plays against Jokic, you know, or, you know, one of the great bigs in the league, you know, Embiid or something. He's just going to get killed.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think Vogel did Trez any favors with, or even AD for that matter with some of the defense that AD was out of position um, a few times which you hardly ever see, but yeah, I don't think Vogel did him any favors with the type of uh, drop coverages that they were doing and the lack of traps that uh, that they didn't do last night with that either. Um, and also not having Caruso out obviously due to COVID protocols and yeah. THT um, mm-hmm. having to guard Gary Trent when, when Gary Trent was going off, uh, to begin that fourth quarter. I believe he had 28 points in 24 minutes last night. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're tinkering around with different things and lineups. But um, great point that you made. I, I think that it's just a matter of time until uh, Vogel really finds what fits and, you know, how we can be better moving forward.
2: You know what's another thing that I noticed last night that really stuck out to me was uh, Derek Jones Jr. on LeBron. I'd never Man, seen somebody yeah. that was able to keep up with him that way and his athleticism topped LeBron in, in a lot of ways. Like defense, I was like, oh my God, like he's blocking him. He's on top. He can tell exactly where he was going. I was like, this kid, I mean, he's I mean, Derek Darn- Jones Jr. He's nothing special, right? But I was just surprised. I was like, he made LeBron look stupid a couple of times. Yeah, he made oh. him look.
1: It was the first time I, I seen somebody make LeBron look old. Like LeBron yes. had no lift on that layup. And right. Derek Jones Jr. was volleyball spiking that ball off the uh, off the backboard so yeah that that popped off my screen too yeah
0: well let's not forget fellas derrick jones jr can jump out of the building he's a former slam dunk (laughs) champion so definitely on that ryan we we got we got a couple more for you we appreciate the time uh my question for you is about the alfonso mckinney contract now it's obvious the lakers could use one more defensive-minded big one that could hustle, one that could block shots. I mean, could you see the Lakers parlaying that contract into addressing that need, whether it be a backup big man or even another defensive-minded wing? What are your thoughts on that contract being a potential trade chip to open things up on the salary cap so they can go out and address the need?
2: Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, not not one bit, because I, I thought uh... – Once that deal happened, I mean, I was just expecting him to get waived or something. You know, I I didn't think he would be on the team. And even I think he had either he had COVID or he was in that contact, you know, thing, protocol, safety or whatever. Uh, So he wasn't even there for training camp. I mean, we every day we were asking on on the Zooms like is what's the deal with him? You know, and everybody kept thinking that he was just going to get cut and he never did. So I don't know if they had a plan for something and it just fell through. Uh, and they're just like, you know, screw it. We'll just keep him for a little while or maybe see what he's got. But clearly they're not playing. They're not even trying. I think these only minutes were in the blowout against Minnesota, right? Did he even yeah. play
0: yesterday? No, he didn't. He just played no. in yeah, then the blowout against Minnesota and I think a little bit against Dallas too. So
1: Yeah, on Christmas a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I, I don't think they're – I think if they had the opportunity, they'd take it. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that another thing is, too, they're still trying to see what they have, right? So they, they want to know what what's the biggest need. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, oh, well, let's just bring in palgasol Gasol, you know, which I would love because I love palgasol Gasol. But, I mean, Pal Gasol is not really a top-tier player anymore, right? right? He might be doing the same thing that McKinney's doing coming I mean, in you know garbage time or just waving the towel um, but I, I don't know I, would, I wouldn't be surprised man I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they if they cleared a roster spot and, and got somebody
1: what about Dwayne Deadman break, break the tie on this I'm, I, I, I'm not with that Chris is Chris swears by it uh, he believes he'll be on the rostered by and he's by, available, the, by the end of the buyout market what, what do you think They're Ryan?
0: Is, is he a free agent? Yes, no one has signed him. Uh, He got traded to Detroit on draft night. Detroit cut ties with him. Nobody's picked him up. He was a bad fit in Sacramento because Luke Walton is a bad coach. And, you know, now, (laughs) I mean, he went back to Atlanta. Lloyd Pierce got the best out of him. If you look at his numbers, just with Atlanta second half of last season, Ryan, he was good. He could stretch the floor out to the the three-point line. He could block shots. He could run the floor. He's from here, USC, so it'd be a homecoming for him. I say go out and grab a flyer. Why not?
2: It's not, did he start with uh, San Antonio? Or yes, he did. Yes, no, he did. yes, he did. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the kid play that much, but I mean, I have heard good things. I mean, every time I hear his name mentioned, it's because he it did something that surprised people. <laughs> so, uh, I, why not? I'm surprised that he's a free agent, actually, especially when okay. you got you know some other guys around the league that have um, have jobs. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to look at who else is available right mm-hmm. um yeah. and then see from there i mean uh i i think there could be a lot of fluctuation this year in terms of people getting cut or you know covid creates some problems where they needed to get a guy quickly or i don't know it's, it's, yeah. it's just such a weird year man i just i just don't know
0: can't, can't get the pulse of it. Uh, but Ryan, we, we really appreciate the time, man. Uh, thanks again for jumping on uh, and good luck this year, covering the season and whatnot. I know, I know it presents the challenges and I know the vibe isn't the same, not being able to be in the post-game press conference room, be in the Chick Hearn media room, mix in with everybody, not being able to go in the locker room and see the players, but, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. We appreciate the time and we definitely appreciate your coverage on, on all things Lakers. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Oh, and Thanks tell again. the list. Yeah, absolutely. And tell the listeners how they can follow your stuff. Uh, well,
2: I have the same handle for every social media platform. It's uh, at Ryan Ward LA. And then uh, you can catch, you know, any piece that I would write at Lakersdaily.com. Um, It's part of the and fire digital network. So we've got a bunch of other sites as well, but um, that's what I'm totally focused on.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, man. thanks for thanks for coming on, and uh, we hope to have you on soon. And uh, hopefully, we can raise banner number eighteen this year.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. All right, Ryan. Thanks again, man, and uh, ha- happy New Year. And I hope you had a good Christmas as well. You guys too. Appreciate it. Thank you. Later. Uh, that was the great oh, Ryan. Man.
1: Hey, boys and girls, if you don't know now, great you know. Ward. Go, fo- go go follow Ryan Ward. Uh, LA on t- uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, great articles, a great, uh, reporter that gives you the, you know, all the details and knows all the ins and outs and, you know, uh, like Chris said, great guy as well. So thanks for coming on again, Ryan.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I've been, I've been, uh, I've known Ryan for a while now. I've been fo- we've been following each other on social media. And I, you know, when I was covering Laker practices years ago, back when the team was really, really bad, uh, I would bump into him and stuff. Just a cool guy. Really cool guy. And I'll never forget. He was actually, when I was interning at Laker Nation back in 2013, he was one of the guys that interviewed me, him and uh, Philip Barnett, who were, those guys were in the ground floor, you know, and, and now you look at Lakers Nation. They're one of the best sites out there. Showtime Forum's doing a great job, but Lakers Nation, they, they've been around for a while, so I, yeah. <laughs> Just want to yeah. get, get, give those guys credit over there. So one of the things, Chaz, that I like that Ward was talking about was the unpredictability that is this season. And I think we can kind of attest to that. Clippers losing by 50, right? Last Sunday. 51. 51, to be exact. Yeah, they uh, and I joked about it. Boban Marjanovic, the former Clipper, wears number 51. So I tweeted out, like, the Clippers lost by, and it was a gif of Boban in Dallas. <laughs> Wearing his number 51 jersey. But now you also see the Miami Heat losing on Tuesday night by 50 as well. You're seeing all these teams get, like, smacked down. Golden State has been smacked down. The Bulls have been smacked down. I mean, there's just a lot of just ugly, ugly blowouts. Even the Lakers ran Dallas out of the building. What
1: Phoenix is you? running down the Pelicans right now by 34 as we are recording this on Tuesday night.
0: Wow. So, the, so there you go. There you go. I mean this is just ugly basketball. It just kind of goes to show you, I think, all of these teams, not just the Lakers, who are the last team out of the bubble, all of these teams are going to need a month to really get themselves going. So, you know, kind of consider these first two weeks an extension of training camp, right? I mean, right or wrong?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I always said uh, a month, kind of like I told Ryan, a month, a month and a half until we see the type of basketball that we should be seeing. Um, and then guys ramping up a little bit before the All-Star break and towards the end of the first half of the season. We don't even have the second half of the season just yet, uh, That or the schedule, I should say, the second half schedule come out yet. So uh, lots to happen between now and the end of the first half, but I really expect everybody to you know kind of get it in gear. Um, and you're seeing a lot of soft tissue injuries as well. You're seeing John Morant. He's out now, out three to five weeks.
0: Spencer um, Dinwiddie been, might be out Spencer for the season. Dinwiddie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely more than likely out for the season with a partial tear of his ACL. Um, Kevin somebody, Love with the calf. Yeah, which, with the calf. It, yeah. AD AD missed a game with the calf. So I yeah. mean, you're seeing a lot of soft tissue injuries. Um, I think somebody else got injured with a hamstring, and then um, uh, who was it on Houston that tore their Achilles as well? I f- forgot his name. Oh, um, wow.
0: somebody did tear their Achilles.
1: Oh. Yeah, but I mean, it's just. It's been soft tissue injury after soft tissue injury, and and you're going to see more of them um, as the season kind of wanes on. But as guys really get their bearings, um, then you'll probably see people start to – or players start to settle in. But, yeah, I'm just hopeful that the Lakers can just be able to minimize the amount of minutes that they have for their key guys and be able to load manage during the game without just sitting guys completely out like blowing guys out. Like I, I was saying before, we can beat teams, the Lakers can beat teams in two and a half, three quarters, realistically.
2: Right.
1: <clears throat> and you're actively seeing it right now. LeBron James is load managing while he's on the court. If you look closely enough, you'll see it, especially if you know what to look for and knowing how great this man is, all-time great, second or third, and, so, you know, only to Michael Jordan in many people's eyes, including mine. So, I mean, we're just seeing all-time levels of uh, load management from him and, you know, lack of effort. But what I don't, what I didn't want to see is AD's lack of aggressiveness. I don't like Yeah, to see
0: he that. was not assertive at all. And it kind of, you, know, you know, what's funny, Chaz. You know what last night, uh, excuse me, Monday night's game reminded me of? It reminded me of game one. Between the Lakers and the Blazers in the first round series, where AD put up a, a respectable line, LeBron put up a respectable line, but you didn't really feel their impact in that game. And just like the game was close, Lakers had great moments, Portland had more great moments. The game was still felt like it was within arm within arm's reach, but the Lakers never imposed their will. Where there was a true turning point, and they took over the game. Portland was the team that made that made uh, all of the adjustments, and they made all the big plays down the stretch. And Monday night's loss to the Blazers was no different. I think the only difference was that it was Gary Trent who just gave them the business. 28 points, seven three-pointers, seven. And then game took over in the second half, 21 points in the second half alone, made a lot of the closing plays. Nurkic had a couple of hoops down the stretch. McCollum was solid. You saw, I mean, even Ward was talking about the good defense of Jarek Jones Jr. Covington, I thought, played uh, Anthony Davis tough. Cantor was solid off the bench as well. So, I mean, Portland just wanted this game more, just like in, in on opening night. The Clippers played like they wanted it more. And I think you're going to see that. Why? Because the Lakers are the hunted. They're no longer the hunters. They are the hunted and they have full stomachs. So it's going to be, it's going to take some time for them for that hunger to get rejuvenated, not to mention uh, they, they have all these other new pieces that they are trying to integrate. And that also includes the, the coaching staff. So, you know, I know you wanted to talk about Frank Vogel's rotations and even I've talked about lineup tweaks, but I think, uh, these losses and how the Lakers have kind of been up and down is also a, a product of coaching where even Vogel and his staff need to kind of get back in tune with things and try to figure out the best way to utilize these players and which lineups work and when to sub out certain guys, because there's a lot more options this time around and with more options make, uh, you know, come difficult decisions. Cause it's like, who do we put in and who do, who do we take out? W- one thing that,
1: I haven't thought about much is that for the time that Frank Vogel has been the Lakers head coach, there's very few nights where I said that we lost that game either entirely or in part to coaching. He has been. Been good. Great. More than good. Great. With, with managing what Palenka has put on his plate and the tools that he's put in his tool shed to be able to get the job done. Um, But last night or Monday night, I should say, uh, Vogel, I felt like he dropped the ball a little bit with, you know, and I get it. It's it's part of just kind of finding out what you have, who to play when. So, you know, it's all rehearsal for the big dance, the big show, uh, which is the playoffs and or the conference finals or finals. I I get it's a rehearsal for that. But um, I just felt like, again, he just waited too long to put in coups or just put in Marquis Morris instead of Montrez and. I really would like to see more of Wesley Matthews and just getting him into the flow of things. I think he's going, there's going to be a lot of games that the Lakers play over the next maybe 11 games or so against teams that were either on the lower end or play in teams or were out of the playoffs and including, you know, the San Antonio Spurs, the Bulls, the Warriors, um, Pelicans are in there. A lot of teams for. Vogel to be able to tinker against and see what we can do. So you'll see a lot of that over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, but I just really feel like Vogel has to get his rotations down. And, and that's the great problem to have when you have 10, 11 guys that you feel like that can actually play, that right. can really contribute mm-hmm. and aren't, you know, Jared Dudley or, or Quinn cook, no disrespect, but guys that are going to, you know, give you actual minutes that are going to contribute. Um especially on the defensive end when your Bogle is that type of defensive coach, I mean, it's a good problem, problem to have, but I'm just looking forward to seeing the team gel and really for one last of the new guys to be able to really fit in and, and have their breakout game. Trez has had his breakout game already yeah. on Christmas um, the next night or the next game. It Schroeder was Schroeder did it on opening night. Schroeder did it on opening night. Gasol did it. Uh, against the uh, Timberwolves, wearing the classic jerseys, the prettiest jerseys you'll see in the NBA. By the way, those things were absolutely flawless. Even better than the Christmas jerseys, in my opinion.
0: They, they were um, nice. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that they were nice jerseys, man.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm waiting for Wesley Matthews to have his breakout game. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis said it in the post game show last night. Completely unwarranted. Nobody asked him about Wesley Matthews. He just came out and said, "Hey, we got to get Wes more involved."
0: So I agree. Yeah, and I like West, and I know everyone's trying to already abort the train, but, you know, this is what we do. Bands and media alike, we overreact to things. We overreact after wins. We overreact after losses. We overreact after bad performances. We overreact after good performances. Kind of felt like the Lakers fell victim to that all last season with a lot of their players, with a lot of their wins, with a lot of their losses. LeBron looks old. Does he have enough? Is there enough firepower on this Laker team? Is Anthony Davis assertive enough? Yada, yada, yada. What happened <laughs> they ended up running the table 16 and five to be exact in the postseason against four really good teams. It may not have been the Clippers. It may not have been the bucks, but it was four really good teams. So let's give this team the benefit of the doubt because for once a team that has the benefit of the doubt has earned it last year, the Clippers got the benefit of the doubt for no reason at all. They got it because of what Kawhi did in Toronto which to me does not bode well it's not enough of an excuse to just say oh a team is going to be fine and look what happened they were they 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 blew a 3-1 series lead and while the lakers were waiting for them and probably prepared to beat them in 6 games clippers could not show up why cuz they they were too busy getting smoked out in the second half so i'm just saying let's give this laker team the benefit of the doubt it's only been 4 games you know some of these other teams are using them as a standard like oh if we could beat the lakers now we know where we're at so the lakers don't need these games what they need to do is continue to find themselves and what type of team they're going to be because one thing that i've always i've mentioned to jonathan watson on the showtime show uh, showtime form halftime show is you never win a championship the same way And you could look at all five championships, the Lake, all six championships, I should say. The Lakers have won over the last 20 years. And each team, they may have had the same players, but the identity was just a little bit different each year. So just want to point that out. So they may have won it with defense and cohesion. They may win this one more with, you know, offensive firepower and depth. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying uh, you never quite win it the same way. So- it's going to take time to to realize uh, for everybody to crystallize the mission for for the Lakers and how they're going to get it done. Last
1: thing on areas of, of improvement for me is you got to slide AD to the five, um, not playing the five, but guarding the five as well. Yeah, Like last night seeing Trez on Nurkic and Trez, you know, just dropped back too far or he was just out of position. I would like to see Anthony, especially against... The teams like Portland that has Nurkic and B with the Sixers, or you know, Jokic with Denver, Mm -hmm. those are the guys that I want to see AD guard down the stretch. Maybe not start on them, which is why you have Gasol and Trez, you know, backing them up, but down the stretch, five minutes to go, AD playing the five and guarding the five. So that way, clearly. Gasol's not gonna. He, Gasol's not gonna be in the front finishing lineup. He's just not.
0: Not gonna be, not unless it, it that'll be matchup dependent. That'll depend it, on who you're playing on any given night.
1: Exactly, but I, I still think even if it is, even if you are playing Embiid and Jokic and Nurkic, you're gonna go with Trez and AD and AD at the five. So yeah. what I'm saying, more than anything, area of improvement: have AD guard the five more than anything. And guys, don't get caught slipping on the weak side and THT get your defense up on the perimeter. My man, That was I mean, just like,
0: lack of awareness right there. I mean, that's a 20 year old kid making 20 year old mistakes.
1: Yeah. We, we definitely miss Alex Caruso last night. So my apologies no again, no doubt for to Alex Caruso. If you're listening, man, I said that THT could take some of your minutes, my deepest and most solemn apologies because we missed you last night, man.
0: And I would, and I would strongly, and I know this is not a popular take, I would strongly consider inserting Wesley Matthews into the starting lineup just to see if that will get him going. I really believe that. I know what you're about to say, partner, about the pecking order, and that spot should be Kuzes, and then Caruso, and then Schroeder, and then this, you know what? But I'm telling you, you got a struggling wing right now who still still has some juice left in the tank. You want to get him going. You want to get him engaged, get him a few starts, and I guarantee you, you'll see a change. Maybe not a big change, but you'll see a change in him. And hopefully that change will ultimately lead to productivity, three-point shooting, defense, energy, the works.
1: And that, guys and gals, is how you do a segue into the next topic because if there is going to be any games that Wesley Matthews can start, they're coming up because – Going into the next few stretches or next few weeks of stretches of games, you got the Spurs twice, Grizzlies twice, Spurs actually three times, Rockets twice, Bulls, Thunder, Pelican, Warriors. No top four seeds in the playoffs in any of those matchups. Which games would you like to see Wesley Matthews start? And which of those games do you possibly see the Lakers losing, um, if any at all?
0: Split with San Antonio. I mean, that goes without saying Spurs have actually been pretty good to start this season and they always play the Lakers tough, even though I think I think the Lakers swept them last year. Right. Uh, Four games to none. I believe that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Was that three games to none? It was three games to none.
1: Uh, they didn't lose to the Spurs all year last year. No, um, no. So they, at, they,
0: they yeah, they, they played the Spurs, t- but I mean, those are going to be tough games. I mean, Rudy Gay is still there. You got DeMar DeRozan, you got Aldridge, uh, De- DeJounte Murray, I, I, Derek White. I, I don't know if he is close to coming back, but I mean, overall, they, they got a pretty solid squad there. So, I mean, it, it's gonna look, we're putting too much stock into the record this year. But yeah, I I think if Wesley Matthews is still not getting it going during those games, a change is gonna have to happen. Either Wesley Matthews starts or he starts falling out of the rotation. And now you start looking at somebody like, oh, I don't know, Alfonso McKinney. I would say somebody lo- along those lines to start giving some of those minutes to.
1: It would be the best, it would be in the best interest – not only for Wesley Matthews but the Los Angeles Lakers for West, the, the Lakers need West Matthews to be able to play at West Matthews levels. We can't have West Matthews fall out of the rotation. That is a nightmare. I
0: understand us. that, but I'm saying at what point do you if a, if nothing is working with the guy and I just don't know what direction Frank Vogel is going to go into if he if this guy continues to struggle and the current role is not working either you start him or he falls off, right? I mean Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it. it, it, And maybe it's not McKinney. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe McKinney doesn't get uh, minutes. Maybe those minutes end up going to Tht. Maybe, um, yeah. No, more minutes go to THT. More minutes go to Kyle Kuzma. You know, I'm just saying though. At what point does do those minutes maybe go to somebody like McKinney just to see what he's got? I'm just I'm just saying. Are we still in that experimental phase right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, but ultimately, you didn't get Wes Matthews to be able to distribute or anything like that. You just want him to play lockdown defense to be able to stay in front of his men and occasionally make one out of three open threes. That's literally all you're asking. If he can't do that, then his minutes deserve to go to someone else. So uh, he's, he's making $3.6 million. He's been a consummate professional. And Wes Matthews is this year's KCP from last year. That's all it is. I think he'll get out of that slump. Yeah. Um, Laker fans are not crushing him just yet because he hasn't had those terrible, Uh, some
0: are,
1: some, some are, but it's not, it's not glaring just yet to the point where it's trending. Like when it, when it's trending in the area, if you're in the LA area and Wesley Matthews is trending, look out, that's not good news. So (laughs) once that starts to happen, um, then maybe that's when things might start to turn around because the Lakers have bullied, multiples of players, especially last year. Danny Green, uh, Rajon Rondo, KCP, um, all of those guys into playing better last year. So um, I I would expect the same thing this year.
0: Yeah, and I think I, look, I think THC is the next guy up. And I even said THC has got to take somebody's minutes. So it could be Wesley Matthews. It could be KCP. It could be Caruso. It could be Kuzma. It could be, you know, we said that, uh, I believe, it, if it wasn't last week's show, it was two weeks ago. Uh, these all, all these shows run together, man. You know, you can't keep them straight. <laughs> but at the same point in time, I do think Wesley Matthews has something to bring to the table. I've watched this guy for too long for him to just say, okay, we're just going to discard him because he's too old or he's struggling. He's struggling after four games on a new team with a brand new role. So let's give him him a little bit of a pass for now until he could find some comfortability and some confidence in this new role and on this new team. But I also am intrigued by McKinney because the Lakers could use a long, agile, defensive-minded wing. So why not? throw some minutes this guy's way, depending on the situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't see any problem with that at all. What I'm what I'm more focused on is the team just gelling and being able to get on some kind of a roll and a streak. Lakers don't lose two in a row. Um, I want to keep that theme all year. I don't think that they're going to split with the Spurs. I think that they're going to um, beat the Spurs in both of those games on LeBron James's birthday as well as New Year's Day. Um, I think that they'll beat the Grizzlies without John Morant in both of those games. Um, I think that they'll beat the Spurs at home. They'll beat the Bulls. Uh, I think that they'll lose. They'll split with the Rockets. They'll beat the Thunder. They'll beat the Pelicans and the Warriors. Meaning, at the end of all this, that the uh, these games, the Lakers are going to win six of their next seven and end up being eight and three i believe
0: and you know so, and you, you know it's funny the argument will shift then if the lakers do with, with what you just say that they're gonna do then the argument's gonna shift oh well they haven't beaten anybody we're gonna hear that all over again just like last year when they were 24 and 3 Oh, they, they haven't played anybody they haven't beaten anybody well
1: I'm, I'm okay with that if that's the narrative along with the lakers losing to the clippers on the first night of the season with that narrative being last year we know how that ends. So I'm absolutely okay with that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I am too. Listen, just win games, man. You got you to gotta beat whoever's in front of you, all right? And if you lose a game to the Clippers, which was on ring night, or to the Blazers on a night where it was a second of a back-to-back, and the game was still close up until the very end, and, and your defense isn't right, and you're still integrating these new pieces, we cannot really confidently say what this team is or what they can be until probably about Martin Luther King Day. I'd say. And even then that might still be, eh, might still be a little bit too soon, but I'm just saying mid January, latter part of January, that's when you kind of want the team's identity and where they're going to be a little bit more crystallized in my opinion. So we shall see, but yeah, I mean, six out of seven is bold. I think six out of eight or, uh, 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 five out of seven sounds a little bit more reasonable just because of how seriously they're taking this regular season. But if they win six out of seven, Obviously I'll take it and I'm sure they will too. So we shall see.
1: Eight and three, baby. Let's get it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to about do it for Chaz and I on this edition of the Showtime Forum podcast. Thank you. For tuning in, it uh, it's been an interesting year. You know, the first show I did of the year was with my former co-host Nick Hamilton, who I hope will be a, a guest of ours coming up into the new year. but Chaz and I started doing this back in March right, right as the shutdown started happening. We've had a lot of great shows together, talking last dance, talking about the social injustices going on throughout our country, throughout LA, throughout the world, you could really argue. And of course, talking about the Lakers in their run, uh, through the bubble and, and to a championship. So a uh, partner it's been, it's been a fun nine months with you, man. It's hey, been crazy.
1: Same here. It's been, it's been a great ride with you. Let's continue to ride the wave, uh, this Laker wave that we're on. Thanks for, for all the support. Uh, it's been a good year. Um, despite some of the things that we've been through, we're we're still here. It's still a blessing that we're still able to hear, be here and even talk sports with you on this platform. So I'm looking forward to bigger and better things in 2021 and I'm wishing nothing but safety and health uh, for not only you and yours, but me and mine and anybody else listening to this podcast and all of Lake nation. So uh, appreciate anybody that's listening to this podcast and supports us and um download and subscribe and we're going to continue to pump out nothing but straight fire laker heat uh for you guys especially as we get on the push to putting a banner number 18
0: absolutely and you could always follow us on all social media and streaming platforms at showtime forum that's at showtime Forum. uh Chaz, how could they follow you man
1: Oh, right, you guys know where to get at me at on twitter at Chaz pearson on instagram at Chaz p what about you chris
0: you can always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm also on Instagram, see Camelo one and Facebook Camelo's corner by Chris Camelo. And of course we can never forget to mention the merch, the Showtime form merch that we got uh, courtesy of our guys, Audell Del Toro can't beat LA CBLA.com. He's got some really good stuff on there and golden Knight, That's our guy, Javi. Both guys are Great members of the uh, of the Showtime Forum family. They got amazing merchandise. Follow them. Go on those websites. Get yourself a shirt, a hat, a sweatshirt. They got some great stuff, right, Chaz? I mean, you're sporting it always every week.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, Audell actually on Camp Beat LA just dropped some new fire stuff, and so did Javi uh, due to the new classic uh, Laker uniforms that just dropped uh, for this year. So, yeah, go get your merch and, you know, look good, feel good. Win good, and we'll be on to the next one.
0: Yes, sir. So happy New Year to everyone. Be healthy. Be safe. Whatever your plans are, just be responsible. I mean, we are definitely still very much in the mix of this pandemic. So be healthy and safe. We love you. We appreciate you. And go Lakers going on to the year of 2021, which we hope is better than what we just had this past year.
1: Happy New Year, y'all.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. Take care.
1: Peace.